0: Talk Radio 77 W.A.B.C. Sit in friends in the morning, live from Israel, 77 W.A.B.C.
1: statement right there the idf soldier that was a fascinating conversation we've had a bunch of those so i walked back into the um the jns studios here org, and alex treyman has been the voice you've heard on this show most often since october the seventh. He's been on about 25 times covering those awful attacks and one day he said sit if you get to israel you can use my studios and Well, it all came true. We got to Israel. We're in his studios now, day three out of four days. It's a lovely studio right here in Jerusalem. So I walk back in, and I see a couple sitting with Alex in the conference room. So I walk past it, and uh, they motion for me to come in. So I come in, and it's a couple from Teaneck, New Jersey, and their names are Dan and Miriam Michael, and it turns out – that especially the wife, Miriam, they are huge fans of this show, like everybody else is, huge fans. And they made their way to these studios just to thank me and us for coming to Israel and doing this. So, you know, when Arky, when Arky says thank you to me, when Dove Heikend says thank you to me, when the mayor yesterday of Gush Etzion says thank you to me, it, um, it means a lot. So that is a very, very nice thing, that couple. They're still sitting here, by the way coming all the way here just to thank us for coming to Israel. I did mention Woody Giuliani during the last conversation, talking about courage and being brave and some of the uh, comparisons to 9-11. The difference is in New York really it was just a couple of weeks where folks all loved each other and the cops were good again and the firefighters were good again. By three or four weeks, New Yorkers went right back to being the assholes that they can be. Here, it's been four months And these people are still, they are still one. The unity, the patriotism is incredible. But we had the right guy for the job back then, Rudy Giuliani, who's also great, 3 o'clock every weekday afternoon right here on WABC, America's Mayor, my friend Rudy Giuliani. Good morning, Rudy.
2: Good morning, Sid, and I thank you, too. Uh, And I I thank you for the timing, too, you know, At the beginning of this, everybody was all paying attention and we realized the severity of what happened. A little bit of that, you know, there's so much other news and some, you're bringing people's attention back to where it belongs. And I really, I really think that's a good thing, Sid.
1: Well, I appreciate that coming from you, and you're you're right. You know, Rudy. Right now, we've got election coverage starting on the station. You know, yeah. uh, I become friendly with Trump. You're even much closer with Trump. We got that. You got the the New York City. You know, the the City Council fighting with Eric Adams. Heck, you got the Super Bowl coming up in Vegas. But people need to know. People are still dying here. Civilians, soldiers. We lost a kid yesterday from Kfar Etzion. It is still happening, and the worst. Still, maybe yet to come. They need to know that, Rudy.
2: Uh, Sid, do you remember the Super Bowl when Wilson threw the interception right at the end of the game, right in the middle of the line? Do you remember that? Like,
1: uh, not I only do I remember that, that, I remember that because the Seahawks had this big, big bruising running back named Marshawn Lynch who nobody can tackle, yeah, course, nobody, and course, all he had 100%. to do was rush for one yard and win Four the Super Bowl, times. and they threw it, and the Patriots picked it off, and Tom and Brady won another Super Bowl ring. Yes. Okay.
2: I was, in, I was in Israel at that time. I was watching it in Israel. In Hebrew. It was late at wow. night. My partner, my law partner, was in the other room. I get up in the morning and I say, I really love the Super Bowl, but, I, you know, I didn't understand the Hebrew. He said, you're crazy. <laughs> All you had to do was turn one more station. You would get it in English. I watched the whole damn Super Bowl. in April. <laughs> <laughs> that is funny. How many, times have you been, how many times have you been here to watch Israel in your life, Rudy? Oh, my goodness. I, I would say I've been there 20 times. Wow. I, used to, I wow. used to do business there quite a bit. I was in the security business, and I used to go there and look at startups, uh, cybersecurity startups. If you go to the desert, they have a really fabulous the university. has a fabulous uh, experimental uh, unit, not a unit, it's like a city. And uh, they give you uh, BB will give you like fifty grand, then probably more now if you got a promising idea, something nobody else will invest in. And they have developed. I would say you could make a good argument that they are they are ahead of everybody at the cutting edge of cybersecurity. And if they're not ahead, they're even. And I found that it really improved. For, first of all, things we could do for our clients, and then sometimes I could recommend uh, to others in, in the business, you know, acquisitions. And they're still doing that. They are. They are the most enterprising people. How, how, what's the? I, I don't even have to ask you what the mood is. The, the mood You'd is never what's known. going on with life.
1: Right. right. You, you'd never know. I, I actually was interviewed by yeah. John Katzmatidis yesterday on his show. He did a terrific job. Yeah. Rudy, you'd yeah. never know. O- other than people, that, than uh, literally soldiers on almost every block with big
2: guns, you'd never know. You know what helped me, having gone there? I think I, When I was mayor, I went there two times before 9-11 and once after. Uh, the first time was Rabin's funeral. The second time was an attack on the bus in Jerusalem. And, uh, uh, Mayor Olmert, Eric Olmert, uh, asked me if I'd come and ride the bus with him just to show people not to be afraid. Yeah. So I went over there thinking, boy, I'm going to be a big hero. I'm going to show people not afraid. I was more afraid than they were. I mean, <laughs> to them, it was like riding the, bu- it was like riding the bus yep. again.
3: Yep. It was
2: like, okay, the bus is here and the, the mayor made a big deal out of it and they're looking at the mayor like, Hey, Eric, uh, uh, what's the big deal? We have
1: this all the time. Right, right. No, you're right. These people are so courageous. They're so brave. But I want to go back to to Biden for a second because I know I'm annoying. I know it. But I spread the the word of Trump at every opportunity, and, and there are less and less people in Israel that are behind Biden. When he first made that stupid speech, for some reason, they liked it. He never mentioned Iran. He told some percata story about gold in my ear. But they liked it. You know, they need the United States. They need yeah. the money. They need the support. So they have to say nice things about Biden. But when they're honest with me, they don't like them. They don't like the fact that Biden really has funded now both sides of the war. Even a couple, a couple days ago, the IDF goes into a, um, a hospital. They have this unbelievable operation. They killed three terrorists, and now they're dealing with the real possibility that they broke some international laws. So no one is helping Israel, nobody around the world. They say the right things, but the truth is they take every opportunity to stab this country in the back. And I believe this, Rudy, our country, not much different.
2: We, we, well, I shouldn't say we because the regime talks out of both sides of its mouth. And I don't know how people buy it. At the very time he's saying that, right? He's trying to get six billion to the country that wants to destroy Israel. I remember thinking and saying at the time, if somebody wanted to kill me, and uh, Sid, you told me you, you were my friend, but you gave the guy six billion dollars. I don't think I think you were my friend. Right. I mean, it's, it's ridiculous that we're giving money to Iran. Uh, I don't. I don't even get. I don't how they square it with their conscience, Iran takes a good portion of its money and it hands it over to Hamas, Hezbollah, uh, the the Houthis, and then they kill Americans and other people. We're funding it. We're like an investor in Iranian terror. We may be one of the bigger investors. And when you consider the, the skullduggery with this UNRWA, it has gone on for 30 years. We're funding the Palestinian uh, terrorists. Yep. That organization is a terrorist organization that pretends to be humanitarian. That Trump, this is, I mean, Trump must feel like everything I did, this guy screwed up. Trump took the money out. No more money for a U.N. group that really is a front for terrorists. As soon as Biden comes in, he gives the money back to the terrorists. Yeah. Now, yeah. He's, had to, now he's had to cut them off again. The hooties. Trump makes them a terrorist group so he can cut their money off. First thing he does is put them right back. Now he's got to take them off again. Well, I mean, this, is, this is ridiculous. There's, there's something going on with Iran, with Prince Obama and him, that is sick. It's sick. I, I get China. There are 31 million reasons why I get it, Sid. I don't get why they're in love with Iran, these guys. Is no, I don't either. Stone cold killers. They're yep. stone cold killers. Who yep. who 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 are just like the mafia, except they they pervert religion to justify themselves. All those mullahs are billionaires or millionaires. They may walk around looking like you know they haven't taken a shower in weeks. <laughs> boy, you go into their palaces. Yeah. You go into their palaces. These, these people these people are stealing anything that isn't locked down.
1: That is all true. Rudy, I do want to ask you, though, a uh, move away from the international stuff, because anytime something happens in the city where the mayor is involved, they got to get your take on it because you're the greatest mayor of all time. So this ridiculous back-and-forth fight about this how-many-stops act between the Adams, Eric uh. Adams the mayor, Adrian Adams the speaker for the New York City Council, and Adrian Adams beats Eric Adams. Would there ever have been a time during your reign as mayor that the city council beat you?
2: You know something? I I, I actually just talked to him yesterday. Peter Valone wouldn't have done it to the mayor because he would have understood. If I I had done something stupid that he had to override, he would not have embarrassed me. He'd find a way to do it that we'd work it out. And I do the same thing for him because we had tremendous respect for each other, and we wanted to respect – uh, the integrity of our offices and not make the other person look like a fool because we weren't enemies. I remember either he or I said, you know, you're a Democrat, I'm a Republican. But we happen to be in the same business, right, politics. Right. So why don't we try to get a good result for you, a good result for me, and if there are things we can't, well, there are things we can't. And I told him yesterday, you know, his son died. Uh, it's a tragedy. Yeah, Paul, Paul, I saw that. Paul... In a heart attack. Yeah. His other son is Supreme Court justice, and, and, and his other son runs one of the most successful businesses in New York. I mean, Peter, Peter and his wife, Tina, could be the two best New Yorkers of the world. And uh, Peter would not, have let, would not have let that happen because he was a leader. He, he had, he had uh, principal views, and he worked on them. And some of them are like mine, and some weren't, and we worked them out. Uh, And became close friends as a result of that. It should be that way.
1: Yeah. We're
2: not enemies.
1: No. But I will will say this. Yeah, you're right about Peter Ballone, but, and uh, you guys did work well together. One thing about you, Rudy, was you didn't get along with everybody, but you found a way to get it done. Even Pataki, you guys became good friends after 9 11. But uh, this this veto, the overriding the veto from Eric, from the mayor Eric, really does prove Rudy Giuliani without a shadow of a doubt
2: that the New York City Council hates cops, yes? Yeah, yeah. I don't blame Adams at all for this. I think he did, I think from the beginning, he did everything he could do. And I would say, uh, given the realities of today and the politics of today, I don't think any mayor could have overcome these Dutch jobs. These people need to be uh, in a hospital. I mean, somebody's got to give them a a re-education in just being, you know, sensible human beings what they're doing to the cops is ridiculous The people in their neighborhoods are, are getting victimized and more of them get victimized because a cop is selling out a report of who asked him for directions to, to the Bronx <laughs> it is silly hey Rudy
1: I, I'm just uh, happy you were able to join me this week live from Jerusalem because I'm when you're, gonna... you're safe my friend when coming you coming back I'm coming back Sunday. I'm going to go down to the south on Friday to see the kibbutzes and the music festival that were attacked on October the 7th. Yeah, I'll be there Friday, but I'll be back on Sunday. It'll
2: give you a real sense of how this was directed right at civilians. Yeah. I I never heard of an army invading just to hit civilians. Because I'm not an army. They were a group of maniacs. Well, I mean, mean, the, the closest
1: thing to that was something you were directly involved with when airplanes slammed into buildings yes. that were filled with civilians. 100%. 100%.
2: Right?
1: Rudy, I love yeah. you, man. Great God, job as God always. You. Thank you, Rudy. You same are the same. best. Thank you. The man, the great mayor, the greatest mayor in the history of New York, the greatest mayor in the history of our country, and by the way, does a great show, 3 p.m. every weekday afternoon right here on WABC. My dear friend, Rudy Giuliani. Still a come, Congressman Peter King, Judge Jeanine Pirro, We'll talk to somebody from Burna. We got a lot more to do, folks. Live from Jerusalem, day three. Keep it right here. Sit on a Wednesday.
3: Life is funny, skies are sunny.
1: So already, Dolph Hikin, Curtis Sliwa, Archie Stamen, Rudy Giuliani, Peter King, and Judge Jeanine still to come. But it is Wednesday. You know what that means. My guy, Frank Sutter, time for the weekly Tunnel to Towers update. Today's segment spotlights a recipient family from the Foundation's Fallen First Responder Program, Lewis take it away. Tunnels to Towers made a commitment long ago to support the families of fallen first responders and has continued to make good on that promise by being there when tragedy strikes. And when tragedy struck the family of Toledo Fire Department firefighter James Dickman, the foundation stepped in to lift an enormous burden off their shoulders and ensure that his sacrifices are never forgotten. While responding to an apartment fire, firefighter Dickman and his crew attempted to save civilians who were trapped inside. Dickman and one of his firefighters were unable to make it out and ultimately perished he left behind his beautiful wife jamie and two children thanks to the generosity of donors across the nation tunnel to towers paid off the mortgage on the dickman family's home and assured his wife and children they will never have to worry about having a place to live Join Tunnel to Towers on its mission to do good and never forget those who have sacrificed life and limb for our safety. Visit T2T.org today and consider donating just $11 per month. Yes, folks, born from the tragedy of 9-11, the Tunnel to Towers Foundation has been supporting America's heroes ever since. Donate just $11 a month. Do it today at T2T.org. That's t 2 T2T.org.
0: New York, 77 WABC. Talk Radio 77 WABC. Sit in friends in the morning, live from Israel. WABC.
1: We're getting close, folks. We are getting awfully close. Today is the last... Oh, my God. It's the last day of January. Oh, my God. Tomorrow is Feb 1, which means that we're 10 days away from the Super Bowl.
2: Four days away from my birthday.
1: Four days away. You'll be uh, 29? 28. 28. Four days. Dustin Ellick will be 28. Ten days. The Chiefs will play the 49ers for the second time in four years. Super Bowl 48, and in 12 days from tomorrow, it'll be the day before Valentine's Day, my baby sister Elizabeth's birthday, and it'll be Phillip versus Swazi. And I got to say this, right now the Chiefs are the underdogs against San Francisco, but most people I talk to like the Chiefs. And right now, Phillip maybe the underdog against Swazi, but hopefully, hopefully, the odds makers have it wrong. This guy is one of the main reasons why Pillip is, uh, is out there. If she's going to win, she's going to win because of his efforts, and that is a great congressman, my dear friend, Peter King. Pete, 13 days away, this is a very, very big race. How you feeling about this?
4: Actually, I feel very good. I mean, uh, right now, everything is going Mozzie's way. Uh, Swazi got in a head start because of all the money he had up front, but now the contributions have come in. The TV commercials the evening out on uh, television, people are seeing Tom Swazi's real record. The fact that he kicked ice out of Nassau County, and he's voted with Joe Biden 100 percent of the time. They're getting to know Mozzie, seeing her. Uh, you know, the heroic story, being a refugee, escaping from Ethiopia, going to Israel, being in the Israeli army, uh, coming to the United States, raising seven children, being the first Republican ever elected to the legislative district that she lives in, and just being an all-around first-class person who says what she means, means what she says, and is absolutely committed to stopping these illegal migrants from coming to New York. Also, I can say one thing. Last night, I was with Vicky Palladino. who's was doing a great job in the Queens end, end of the district. From Ozzy, we had dinner at a restaurant, Erin's uh, Isle. I'm sitting there. I finally, I think, I'm away from Sid Rosenberg. I can just talk to Vicky. <laughs> and a woman at the next table is generating, celebrating her birthday. Her name is Helen. Her uh, late husband was an inspector in the NYPD. Tell Sid Rosenberg I love him. What he's (laughs) doing for the Jews in Israel. And and this woman was not Jewish. She was going on how great you are. Uh, Come on, I'm here to talk about uh, Mozzie's race. I got to listen to you tell me all about Sid. That's funny. I
1: love that. You always have one of those stories. I love that about you, Pete. And I do appreciate Helen. Thank you, sweetheart. But you mentioned the fact that uh, Mozzie did escape and she served. She was a paratrooper here in the IDF in the Israeli Army. I'm sure you heard Archie's uh, statement on earlier, a guy that's got to retrieve body parts inside Gaza while the bullets are still flying. His job is to literally walk in during the war and do that. So what she did uh, here in Israel was uh, just amazing. And now that I've been here all week long, whatever Mazi did before, at least for me, for Sid Rosenberg, I appreciate it exponentially. So I want you to know that I'm endorsing Mazi Phillips with a great amount of enthusiasm. I just hope that's enough.
4: Uh, Sid, having you behind her is more than enough. It means a great deal. And, uh, again, this, this uh, campaign is so important. It's going to send a, a signal really, to the whole country. Now, you talk about being in Israel. I was actually there a number of times, actually in 2014 with the New York Water rabbis during the uh, war with Hamas. We were out in Escalon and uh, rockets came over. And I was there with David Patterson and Rabbi Potasnik and a bunch of rabbis. And suddenly the air raid sirens go off. So we're being attacked with rockets. Patasnick and the rabbis took off. I had a bad ankle; I could barely walk. David Patterson's blind. We're trying to find oh our way God. to the shelter. And it was, but it was it, 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 you know, that's it's sort of a funny story in the middle of a tragedy. But to actually see the Iron Dome work, you saw the rockets being destroyed in the air. And the Israelis, they live under that every day, even even when the war is not on. There's a threat of it. Just there's always Hamas is constantly uh, and with Iran behind them, Hezbollah in the north. It's just a terrible way to have to live. And it has to have an impact on the people. But, you know, I think mean, you're going to find you're going to go back here to the United States and you're going to find people complaining about a bad hair day or yeah. it's too hot. Yeah. It was too cold. The subway was too crowded. And then you re- realize what the people and the kids in Israel have to live with every day of their lives, even when it's not an intense war. There's that fear. There's that threat. And yet. They go about their lives. Like I heard you saying before, people in uh, uh, Jerusalem walking around as if nothing is happening. It's amazing that they have that sense of strength.
1: It is. Uh, They're an amazing uh, people. And you're right. We have this uh, ridiculous sense of entitlement in America. Everything bothers us. Everything offends us. Nothing is good enough. Even I've got that at times. I'll admit it. But when you see what these people go through here, get up in the morning, strap on a gun, man or woman, man or woman, strap on a gun, walk around with a smile, knowing that they're killing people in the south and maybe doing the same up north in the very, very near future, it is nothing short of awesome. We'll take a short break, Lewis. We'll continue this great conversation With Peter King, because while all this is going on, Peter, as a guy that not only was a great congressman out of Long Island, spent all that time with Homeland Security, and now all of a sudden, the United States finds ourselves in the middle of all kinds of disputes the Houthis, Iran, Yemen, Jordan, Iraq, it's everywhere. What is Joe Biden doing? That's my question. More with Peter King right after this.
0: Radio 77 WABC. Sit in friends in the morning. Live from Israel. 77 WABC.
3: Somebody, you know, that I give you somebody, someone like.
1: Buy and use somebody as we break into our fourth and final hour of today's Jerusalem show, day three. And get back on here with my man, the great Congressman Peter King, also Homeland Security. You know, Pete, I'm sure you heard about an hour ago I had a man named Arky Stamen on the show. He's an IDF soldier, and his exact uh, job is... He has to literally, through a gunfight, through a war, through a battle, with bullets and bombs going off all around him, his job is to go retrieve bodies, dead bodies of hostages, so he can bring them back because here in Israel, they, uh, part of the religion is they must have the body. Yeah. I'm not sure you're the guy to answer this, but do we have people in the United States service that do something similar to that?
4: I have not heard that. I know that we try to you know always bring back... Uh survivors, we we'll, want uh, right. to bring back bodies. As far as the body parts, I've not heard that before. And I was listening to him, and he was saying, even though he's military, they don't engage in the fighting. In other words, they have the incoming uh, uh, bullets and everything coming at them, but they don't really fight back. Their job there is to assemble the body parts. It takes incredible courage and uh, dedication. It's beyond me. I couldn't imagine myself. First of all, being in combat, it would be you know, dangerous enough for to be actually – Seeing the gore and the blood of assembling body parts, to me, is just uh, mm. incredible. By the way, uh, in this uh, election of Mazda, again, one, the, one thing she's managed to do, she bringing me and Curtis back together. Fact, <laughs> I, I as going speak with you this morning. I'm, I'm getting texts from from Curtis. So we are now partners in crime, whatever you want to call it. But he and I have forged an alliance. So it's you, uh, me, and uh, Curtis working together. I don't know how anyone beats that, that Holy Trinity.
1: That is a holy trinity, and he is, he, you know, Curtis, so uh, we just played it, the other uh, news report, he is, yeah. he's telling the truth about all of Mozzie's great accomplishments, great achievements, just what a wonderful woman she is, and Swazi is just a backstabbing, two-talking career politician. Not a bad guy, I've met him at Columbus Day Parades, he's very, very nice, but he's full of shizzle, as Mel Fent-Bernie would say, and And, uh, yes, me, you, Curtis, we all agree, Mozzie Pillup is the right choice. Look, Pete, the world's on fire. You worked with Homeland Security. I don't know what it means for people in the United States right now, but when you look at this administration – And you go back to October 7th when Hamas attacked Israel and what has happened since. 26 attacks from the Houthis until we finally got involved. Now you got uh, American servicemen getting killed in places like Jordan. You got Iraq after us. Iran after us. I mean, it is a really, really big disaster. And I really have no idea what Biden or Blinken or Austin or Milley or Kirby, I have no idea what these people are doing. And I have no confidence they have any idea what they're doing
4: what about you Uh, i think their foreign policy is an absolute disgrace and you look at it now all these things were bound to happen israel was bound to uh, be attacked by uh, uh, iranian proxies because we have sucked up to iran so badly giving them the money ending the embargoes, making it clear that uh, biden is desperate to go back into some sort of uh, arrangement with iran Iran is taking advantage of that, so the attacks on Israel, 150, 160, 170 attacks on American interests, and and then tragically you had the American soldiers being killed. That was bound to happen, and the more of that is going to happen. This is the worst administration when it comes to foreign policy in in the Middle East. And uh, the fact that—I mean, you're there. You're seeing what Israel is being subjected to, and yet their government is being pressured by Joe Biden— not to keep fighting. I mean, this is incredible. This would be like coming to us after Pearl Harbor and say, don't attack Japan, don't attack Germany, or after 9-11, don't attack Afghanistan. This is insane what's going on. I think years from now, people are going to look back and say, what the hell is wrong with the United States? How did they let this happen?
1: Well, I hope you're right, but I hope it doesn't take years. I hope people say that in November when they go to the polls and they vote for Donald Trump instead of Joe Biden, A, or Peter, another amazing appearance, and um, I'll be back on Sunday. Anything you need, you or Vicky or Joe the rest of the crew with uh, Mozzie leading up to the 13th, you know you got me, so I'll, I'll see you and talk to you when I get back and continued luck and success. Thank you so much.
4: You were great. That's all I want to do is be able to sit down and have dinner with Vicky without people interrupting me, talking about Sid Rosenberg. That's all I am going it like. Good luck. Not going to happen.
1: Okay. <laughs> <laughs> see you. Okay. The great so Peter on. King. Right here on Sid and Friends in the Morning. Getting ready for a fourth and final hour. She's on every Wednesday. That's a nice little one-two punch. We've got Peter King into Judge Janine Pirro. Kings of Leon. You, somebody, the gnome with the news, then Janine. It's Sid, live from Israel, day three of four.